I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong. Where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hey, hey, before we jump into today's session, I'd like to take a moment to invite you to become a part of the First Gen Lounge family. I like to say that it's goodness beyond the podcast and where I share with you exclusive offers, resources to navigate life and entrepreneurship and event information. So when this conversation comes to an end, head on over to www.thefirstgenlounge.com forward slash family to join. I've even dropped a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. All right, now let's get into it. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back again. So glad you're here. Why am I so excited? Look, life is just exciting and every moment is a moment to be celebrated. So if y'all have ever watched Tyler Perry movies, like Mr. Brown would say, it's a celebrate. <laughs> so I am you know, feeling extra spectacular. Been doing a lot of thinking and reflecting what's new, right? And I am excited about today's show. I have been thinking a lot about, you know, what it means to find your chill and find your chill. Another way of saying simplify your life. But I just think everybody says simplify your life. So I'm going to say find your chill. So what I have for you today are five, not five, I'm lying, haha, 15 ways to find your chill. And when I actually started thinking about doing this, it made me think about some of the, like the more seasoned folks. And you ever hear like, oh, old people don't change or, you know, they stuck in their ways. And I remember laughing at people who were like, oh, they're like, I don't know why they don't change or try something new. But as I started thinking about this show and reflecting and writing out the 15 ways to find your chill, I realized something. When you find something that works, you like you stick to it. <laughs> like what my grandpa used to always say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh, okay, okay, I can see that. But as much as I see that, I also see that a lot of finding our chill and simplifying your life, y'all, that really just translates to doing things to make your life easier and doing things to just be able to breathe easier each day, to just be able to be like, yo, I'm good, to make your decisions a lot less complicated than what you're doing. And I know we touched a little bit on it back when we talked about the hacks for productivity, but bringing it to simplifying your life. I know that if I had a theme for this year, again, just some reflection, I think my one word would have been simplify. And I didn't even realize that simplify was the word that was going to be the focal point for this year. Although ironically, looking at my vision board and things that I put up there, I had things like, you know, embrace life and chase the dream. But I had peace and peacefulness and declutter. And actually one of those things actually say get organized, less clutter, more life. <laughs> and I was like, yo, it's funny how we manifest things, right? So 15 ways to find your chill, aka simplify your life. And I'm just going to tell you 15 things that I have done 
this year that I just I found to be tremendous that have stood out. And I would love for y'all to add to the conversation, you know, hit me up and let me know, you know, hey, what are some things that you're doing? Maybe we can do a part two in 2020 and doing, you know, other ways for folks to think about finding their chill as well and doing things again to just make life a lot less complicated because y'all already got enough going on, like enough, period. So why do more? One, number one, simple meals and drinking water. It's not just helpful at home, but it also comes in handy when you're going out to eat. So then you might be like, well, Eve, is that your secret to how you lost all that weight? Uh, not really, but I guess really. And it's like, well, why are you telling us all along? No, no, no. For me, it's just keeping it simple. So I may eat the same two or three meals all week. <laughs> Chicken, salad, vegetables, hamburgers, Ferrero Rocher, and the Biscoff cookies that, you know, you get on Delta. I, I like to eat those, but water. But what I was finding, though, was trying to cook all these extravagant meals and doing a bunch of things was really taking up a lot of time when I had material to write, presentations to prepare for, leads to follow up on, just things to do. Cooking was one thing that I was like, I'm just over it. Every now and then, and y'all seen it on Instagram, I like to, you know, throw some of that chicken in the fryer and hook it on up. But really simple meals and drinking water because I don't have to put a whole lot of thought into what I'm eating. Like, so that's really what it is. And by eating the same things over when I need something, I'm not having to look for like a special seasoning or whatever else to be able to like make my food good. It's like, oh, croutons, tomatoes, cucumbers, broccoli. I want some cauliflowers. Oh, I throw in a couple apples this week. But eating simply actually does a lot. And even like health wise, I mean, yeah, it's had its benefits. But I just think that it's been more this year that's been really the focus of simple meals and then drinking water. Do I drink other things? Yes, I do. But I'm good with water and lemon water, enjoying water. Water is really easy to access. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, all right. Yeah. So number one, simple meals and drinking water. So and then like I say, when you go out to eat, a lot of times I'll go for the same kind of food as well. And I guess I'm just annoying myself and knowing my preferences because it makes ordering easy for me. So rather than sitting at the table trying to find something or going through a million things, I'm just like, yeah. So I can try a different kind of salad or a different kind of burger or a different kind of chicken now. And I am definitely a beef eater. I mean, beyond the burger, like steaks, strips, like whatever I love, you know, enjoy. I said I love it. I really enjoy food. So I'm saying a lot of time on number one, but again, just keeping it simple. So even, you know, you can have a variety of things, even different places, but kind of like knowing what you're going for. And every now and then just like, hey, you know, surprise me. But it is what it is. Two. I have been using one music streaming platform. <laughs> oh, how simple, right? Yeah, one music streaming platform. And that is actually Spotify, if you don't know. And I'm not trying to like promote them, but I guess I just did. And I ain't getting paid for it. But anyway, I just found that trying to listen to Apple Music and being on SoundCloud and doing YouTube and doing everything was like the most. So I was like, yeah, when I've listened to my music, I'm going to listen to it here. And which is really funny because sometimes I have friends that want to share music and they'll send me like Apple Music and I have to go actually type the song in to find it. But I'm good with that. And I also have a longstanding relationship with Spotify. I mean, I've been with them for like several years now. <laughs> I just looked at like my um, year review and like it took me back through the decade. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. So yeah, one music streaming platform. So maybe some of y'all just want to just find your one thing and just stick to that one thing with, you know, your streaming and music. Number three reducing social media platforms oh my goodness this has been large so 
it has been that like I stopped tweeting for real like several months ago I can't even tell you how long it's been don't even like log in I, I may have logged in once and I actually needed to get my password like I had forgot the password to log in trying to do a Pinterest never tried that I like to do Pinterest for myself but never tried to like build an audience on Pinterest don't know if I'm missing out but hey it's cool but between LinkedIn Facebook and Instagram you know decided I'm going to hang out here but for the month of December I've only been on LinkedIn I decided to eliminate Instagram and Facebook a friend was like yeah I'm getting off social media I may just stay on LinkedIn I was like yeah I'll do it too don't even know why I volunteered to do it but oh my goodness it has been everything one I find LinkedIn to be more positive I like the resourcefulness of it I like the networking with LinkedIn as well and I feel like the news that I see is far less negative so I'm not also consumed with a lot of of clutter and chatter and negativity and meaningless pictures and things (laughs) so by reducing social media platforms and being on just LinkedIn even over the past couple weeks has helped me even on a mental health perspective tremendously but also allowed me to even get more connected with people around me because I'm sitting up thinking like dang I haven't talked to such and such I haven't talked to such and such and it's not like oh I saw them post so I know they're good like making the true outreach so yeah so one way I'm finding my chill is like yeah I just get on LinkedIn and because I don't even want to be on there all day then I'm not having to get off of LinkedIn and go jump on Facebook and then go jump on Instagram and do something else it's like when I'm off LinkedIn I'm good (laughs) now I have spent more time on Pinterest to be honest with you but again what I'm seeing and what I'm feeding myself you know like from that consumer perspective has been really positive and uplifting so I am good with it number four creating a uniform and i'll be like what you mean creating a uniform what you mean so if y'all haven't noticed this year and this year of like more than any of the other years when you typically see me in pictures especially from speaking engagements unless i've been somewhere like cold or just somewhere that's just really the environment is different i typically have on like almost the same thing either a jean jacket a plain shirt and some flower pants or some kind of denim pants a solid shirt and a blazer so I have this thing and I actually started it. I want to say maybe like a year, maybe two years ago, I had the idea to create a, so let me create a uniform, something that I can have as a go-to for myself that just takes the complication out of what am I going to wear when I go to events and when I go do things. And then also like, what's my feel good? So my uniform, I love wearing denim. Oh my gosh, I love wearing denim. So if I don't have on denim on the top, I may have it on the bottom and, or it's going to be layered somewhere in the outfit. But not just having creating a uniform, a lot of times I decide on a color pattern. So I have like four primary colors that I go to that I like to bring in my wardrobe because it's colors that I really like to wear. And because of that, it makes shopping easier for me and it makes dressing easier for me. And so again, and now y'all might be noticing, like, and nah, why she got on the same thing? And like, nah, different color pattern pants, floral print pants, or some kind of pants that I'm wearing, and the denim and a solid shirt. I feel like my my most authentic, my greatest self in these things, and also wearing my favorite colors makes me feel vibrant. And so for you, you know, another way to find your chill, rather than having to get up in the morning and flip out about what you're wearing, maybe it'll help you in like saying what's going to be your signature look or your signature wear. So like when you see Eve show up, you know, she's probably going to have on a denim jacket. And I actually own more than one denim jacket. So, you know, not, and then the ones I wash them, so come on, give me a little credit. So, but then like thinking about things that might make you feel good, I dress to make me feel good. And again, it just makes it so easy. So when I'm going out shopping, I can like literally skim through the pieces and like see the colors I'm looking for and pick those up and try on those few things. So, hey, good with me. 
I know that I talked about, you know, creating the uniform and that being like something I thought about in 2017, but it's been hardcore this year, y'all. Like when I'm getting ready to pack, I just know what to pull and put in my bag and just keep it moving. So like, so a lot of things, again, I'm reflecting on this year and things that I really like focused on, let me put it that way. Yeah. So to number five, number five, flying with one airline and staying with one hotel chain. And y'all, there are perks to being loyal. So what that means, let me tell you, I did fly on a few different airlines this year. So you're like, well, how's that then like simplifying or, you know, finding your chill. But after having a couple experiences, I'll just like forget I'm just gonna fly with one. So this is something I really picked up this year. And, you know, I used to have the thing, well, what about the least expensive or like, you know, finding a better deal and sitting up for hours searching flights and, you know, watching Hopper and Google flights trying to get the best deal. And I just realized like, yo, to hell with the deal. What about convenience? And if y'all are noticing, a lot of what I'm telling you is about convenience, doing things that are convenient, right? So like, I was like, yo, it's like, you know, I don't like being stressed out. And it what is something else I can do to just not be stressed out? Well, if I just fly with this airline, if I just stay with this hotel chain, then I'm just, I just know to hell with the layover. And, you know, thinking about if it's going to be $50 more or less, then I'm just going to fly with this one. And it like changes the game. But I also realized that like my status is changing with those airlines as well like something like oh no brainer because back in the day I was Priceline queen okay and now I was like oh but then the perks of being loyal or having status some even like free breakfast or getting upgrades and also honestly having credit cards associated with those things to help me like build my profile quicker as a traveler is something that's been really helpful so speakers take note <laughs> so flying with one airline and staying with one hotel chain and put those together and you can be like well do you stay with one gas station too Nah, I mean, depends on where I'm at, you know, but like for real, nah, nah, not the gas. So yeah, okay, moving on. Number six, reducing the amount of bank accounts used and also credit cards that are used. And so you like bank accounts and credit cards. So for some of you, especially those of you who may have different financial systems, I actually started doing a system where I created electronic envelopes. So I'll have different accounts for different things. And I tried it thinking it would help me better manage my money. But what I learned from me in the spirit of simplicity, that having less means more. I can keep up with things better. And it's like, oh, well, no brainer. Like, now nah, I read this book that was very convincing. And it was like, oh, well, this would be really good. But I say, especially for those of you who have multiple accounts or you're even entrepreneurs and you're starting on like a new venture, just remember like less is more. And so by me reducing the amount of bank accounts that I have, I'm just able to keep up and see things better. And I'm a lot less concerned about if I've got this here for this here for this here. It's just like, hey, I know what my budgets are. I have a different way to keep up with my budgets that are still electronic, but not ways that require me to have to have different bank accounts or like remember different card numbers and figure out this is on this card or this card. So, yeah, so reduce your bank accounts and even like reducing the banks that you are banking with. You be like, yeah, because I've had memberships like every bank and credit union offer something different. So the really big thing here is knowing what's really important to you as a banker or credit unionist. Did I just make that up? Probably did, but it's cool. Uh, but so think it was important to you in aligning yourself with those particular entities or organizations that support your bottom line or support your goal. And again, for me, convenience has been a really big thing, which has actually led me to do more with banks than my credit unions, actually. Although I love the credit union thing and always will. And on the personal side, definitely will continue to be a credit union enthusiast. Banks for like a lot of convenience sake. And again, just being 
everywhere when I need them and more available was something that was really big to me. So, hey, all good. Number seven, we're getting through this list pretty fast. Designating times and days to accomplish goals. And I talked about this in a few other episodes, if you've heard it, but I would say this also relates to time blocking. So on certain days and certain times, literally having those spaces to do things that I need to do. And we talked about this in the productivity episode, but again, it just looks like on Thursdays, you know, from one to three, there may be an errand day or errand time block on Fridays from, you know, two to six, that may be dates with Bay, you know, on Sunday from five to seven, that may be planning, just throwing out ideas. So being able to say, I know on this day, I need to get these things done. And these are the times that I have to do them. And while you can still be organized, it still allows you flexibility. So for people who can't do stuff and just be like, I got to do it hour for hour for hour, time blocking is essential. So even that has really helped me simplify my life a whole lot because if I can't get something done on one day, I know when I can get it done another day and I just kind of keep it moving and not stress myself out about, oh my gosh, I've got to get this done this day and I got to spend seven hours doing it. Now here's your two or three hours over the next three or four days to get that done. So enjoy that. Number eight, maybe no surprise to some of y'all, but do not disturb on the cell phone for at least 12 hours a day. At least 12 hours a day, what you mean? Because as somebody who has a business to run and take care of and to do all that stuff, it's important for me to be able to focus. And so having on Do Not Disturb has been, again, very helpful for me because I'm not distracted by calls unless there's somebody on my favorites list. And it's kind of like, it's cool if you call, because if you call, like, I know you call not just for like anything random, but even so like, I may have, you know, random people calling for things to solicit business or, you know, donations and stuff. These things happen and I don't want to be distracted by that. And then the other thing, because of the way I've organized my life is that I typically know when I'm expecting a call or going to need to be on a call. And then I'm still like kind of old school in the sense that leave a voicemail. I can call back, shoot a text. I'll get with you. Let you know, see the email, do something. But the do not disturb has been a way that I found a whole lot of chill because I'm not also worried about working on something that I really got to get done. And then up oh, there go the phone up oh, there go a text message and then contributing to better sleep as well because again the phone's just not ringing all hours of the night and then another thing that I did internally and this is what look the other Dr. Hudson is just starting having like a cutoff hour like at a certain point in time I'm not trying to be engaged with anybody like this is home time this is what we're doing so like you are also in the do not disturb <laughs> but hey all good which brings me to number nine y'all know I love nine right something that I worked on doing was removing emails and social media off of my phone And this is more or less of a, depending on the situation, like if I'm traveling, then it's definitely going to be on the phone. And I already talked about removing social media off early or at least reducing it. But actually I took the apps off of my phone for those other social media networks that I'm not associating on or not on at the moment, but definitely removing emails because it removes the urgency to always be on the phone, on the phone, on the phone, unless I'm just pinching it out or if I'm doing research, which y'all know I really enjoy doing research. So it's helped me tonight 
not have to be so consumed again with the outside world and to spend more time in my world and to take some of that time again building my business and doing things that are developmental and even like catching up on sleep now I know I've been talking about sleep a lot lately but definitely doing more to just take care of my health and be well with that and I say take care of my health won't say like anything's wrong that's not what I'm trying to apply but really like that self-caring regularly is what I'm trying to say so being good to me and not giving myself reason to be distracted mm-hmm. number 10 tricky but effective is moving face-to-face meetings to virtual ones is a way that I've simplified my life and a part of this is because I moved to an area that's a little bit outside of the main city although I still do most of my networking and building within the city when I am there and so because of where I live commuting is twice as much as what it used to be for me which isn't always convenient in the grand scheme of a day's worth of work but also because I'm meeting people all across the world like literally that me trying to show up somewhere being in South Carolina or being in California you know isn't always something that I can necessarily do right away but doing like moving face-to-face meetings is a virtual one so I ask people are they open to face-to-face meetings because a lot of times it just really helped me save on time because by the time I travel somewhere and then meet and travel back what may have been an hour and a half then may now become an easy three hours of a time span and so even when I think about productivity and taking care of my time and working within my time blocks it may not be the most feasible thing to do so thinking about even for some of you all if you can move yourself into a virtual space and still make the connections you know like eventually when time is more available then I think that may be something to consider but not also being afraid of the face-to-face which also I say and this isn't something that I wrote but adding to that not just moving face-to-face to virtual but also sometimes making phone calls virtual meetings so you still get the face-to-face interaction and connection and conversation with the person that you don't necessarily get on the phone but you know it's still like you know it's still good you can still have coffee like sometimes I still have coffee or snacks or sometimes even lunch so (laughs) it definitely works number 11 shopping at the same stores sticking with the brand convenience again is just so important but it also keeps me from having to do a lot of running around so when I need stuff for the house or I'm looking for clothes or whatever and I think a lot of y'all have probably got your go-to's right and most of this show as you're getting is about your go-to's what are your go-to's what are things that again just do it without trying to find a new way to do it if it's already working But by going to certain stores to go shop for stuff, even like me choosing to go to the local grocery store rather than going to Walmart, for me, it's like by the time I drive to Walmart and drive back, I probably spent, you know, in gas sometimes to what feels like what I would have spent in savings anyway. So I might as well just go up the street for convenience. But also, I really do enjoy now that local feel of going to a place, knowing the people who are working in the store and like feeling like I'm really a part of a community. But even when it comes to shopping, looking for anything again if it ain't broke don't fix it so I find what I'm looking for and I know that what I'm looking for will be there it's the value I'm looking for it's the quality that I'm looking for keeping it simple so while there always be people who and, and people and things and businesses that can present to you new options or something is working for you cool to stick with that if you find something that works better it's cool to do that too but I know when I'm running my errands where I'm going and what I need and it just makes the travel and the experience just different I mean good better best hey number 12 only going places and doing things that I really want to do showing up my best self is important no matter the space that I'm in 
And so another way to find your chill, because it's stressful to go somewhere and do something that you don't really want to do. It's stressful to really have to go like the double extra mile. And I say only that I really want to do. I mean, I even the really want to do scale on a one to 10. It may be like, I, do I really want to do this? Maybe it's a six or seven. So I'm going to do it. Maybe it's not a 10. But I'm saying that to say that, you know, just throughout the year, and again, I was writing this, writing these notes the other day, and this is one of the first ones that came up. Like, does it really matter that you show up in the space that you really want to show up in and do the things that you really want to do? It does because it takes energy. And depending on the kind of person you are and what you've got going on in your life, it may be something that you just need to have your space or maybe that you just can't go that day and like front. You just can't go that day and not be the best version of yourself. And, you know, like people say, well, come as you are. But me coming as I am and I'm grumpy and I'm like distracted and I like got negative energy. You don't want that around you. Mm -mm, You don't want that around you. So just again, thinking about ways to simplify your life, do the things that like you really want to do and learning to not apologize for it. That's been one of the harder things that I've had to learn to navigate. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. But it's like, yeah, I am apologetic, you know, as a person who cares. But at the same time, I got to do what I got to do to take care of myself and to like, again, find my chill. So depending on the season, I'm like, I might want to do more, might want to do less, but that's cool either way that it goes. Yep. So got that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward, right? Number 13, something that I've been working on is refocusing my business. So rather than trying to do it all, investing my time in things that I'm good at and that I actually enjoy doing. So similar to number 12, especially for those of you who are entrepreneurs and you're trying to figure out what to do next in your business or where to go or how to handle things. Or for those of you in grad school, you know, just again, is, hey, what's the business right now when it's research or these research projects or these dissertations that y'all are trying to figure out? Like, what are ways that you can just really say this is where I really want to invest my time and the things that I'm good at and I actually enjoy doing why this is important why that is important is because when you are doing many things and you don't enjoy them all and that's not to say that everything you do you're supposed to love but if you are loving what you do in a general and you're good at it and you're interested in it even the parts that you don't necessarily enjoy you can find some kind of satisfaction in it proving that to be true because while I may not necessarily be the most excited about administrative work because I enjoy educating and teaching and being with people. I enjoy the administrative work that I actually do for my business because of the learning, because of the growth that I'm seeing, because of what I'm able to teach others and what I'm doing as well. And because of what the administrative work allows for me to do in, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So again, reframing your mind about things but refocusing your business so if some of you are like trying to push new products or new services and so that you can have a lot to offer it may be that you just need to offer less and focus on doing those few things really well and really developing them and just watching them flourish and I don't think that me saying that is anything new to some of you but I absolutely think that just the concept of it's okay to do less is something that we have to embrace more. And especially as those of us who are first gen, we don't have to prove a lot to folks. We think that we do because we're first gen and because we come from often humble beginnings, but focus and show up and be great at what you do and just really embrace that. So undergraduate, grad, entrepreneur, professional, whoever you are, hold on to that piece of of, of thought. Yeah. Number 14, 
as we are rolling through these 15 ways to find your chill. 14 is I kicked rocks to the planners, y'all. Yes. After all these years, I have let the planner go. What do you mean that you let the planner go? So I have never actually been able to complete a planner. I have always driven myself nuts with trying to do all this research and trying to spend all this money. I actually haven't spent all this money trying to get organized. So recently I had asked myself, like literally asked myself, you know, what works for you? What is it that when it comes to planning is your thing? Because like how many times I've gotten a planner for school and I was like August was you, September was, you know, use a little bit. October was okay. Nothing. November, December was like totally blank. January, I thought I was doing a little something. February scattered. Nothing. March, April, May. And this cycle is continuing and continuing. So I was like, yo, like I buy them because they pretty, they feel good. Exactly. So I did notice, and it was just, again, just being more mindful of who I am and paying attention, that I really love desk calendars and hardcover journals. I tend to always use those. I love writing on them. I love the visuals. I like doing to-do lists. And so it is with that that I'm just like, oh, if I'm using both of these things front to back, then I just need to just get these journals and use these ball calendars and organize that way and keep appointments in my phone and like finding my new way to get myself organized. So something as simple as kicking rocks of planners has absolutely helped me simplify my life because I'm also not carrying around something that I don't need. And what's even funnier is like, you know, as a student, I love the idea of a planner, but I realized when I was an undergrad, I didn't even use a planner. Like I would just write my notes down like in a little journal or like a composition book and was very well organized even with my dates. And I was like, yo, so really I hadn't changed. I just tried something new and try to make it work and it ain't work for me. And then the other thing is if I need something adjustable, so if I need like a different monthly calendar or a weekly something, I can always just print that. So I'd rather just print it and have it temporarily and adjust for what I need than to have a whole planner that I spent Oh, I'm about to shame to say this about $20 on. I think some of y'all probably done worse. Okay, so never mind then. I ain't do too bad. So spending, you know, money on these planners, I'm like, they are so pretty, but I'm not using them because they weren't flexible or really what I needed. So, hey, it is what it is. So number 15 on the list of things to do to find your chill. As I found my chill, put myself first. I started to place more emphasis on the most important relationship in my life and that is the one that I have with me I was actually talking to a friend recently about this but I stopped thinking that my peace had to be contingent on the peace of everyone and everything around me and I started to think you know what does it feel like to just be good within and not just because I delivered on others expectations of me And I needed to stop feeling bad about wanting to feel good internally. So when I think about finding my chill, and I think this is the big one, and putting myself first, it all goes back to thinking about all the things that just make my life easier. So simplifying your life, finding your chill, thinking about who you are, what's good for you, what's healthy for you, what's balanced for you, and executing on those things. And by putting myself first, what I'm finding is, you know, what you will find in any decisions that you're making when you're thinking about taking care of you and putting yourself first, 
isn't necessarily a bad thing. And I say it's necessarily, I mean, it's really not a bad thing. If you can't take care of you the way you need to take care of you, be less stressed out, be feeling good, all those things that you won't be, 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 you can't be good for anybody else or anything else for that matter. So learning how to reduce stressors, learning how to make decisions easier, even if that meant I'm eating the same thing, but we don't have a variety of things to eat in the house. I'm like, well, you know, at least I'm not stressed out about it. <laughs> Little things like even a dog, like the dog can eat at a certain time during the day or, you know, there's just certain things that I can do to give him a bone and he get out of my way or he be on his way. Then I'm good with doing that as well. Because again, it just takes takes the load off and it reduces what I've got going on. But also putting myself first has put me in a space where, again, not feeling bad because I'm not taking on everybody else's stress too. And I'm not taking on everybody else's expectations. That's not to say that there aren't expectations, that things don't exist, that things aren't going on. But that is to say that for what it's worth, I'm just learning that the more I try to carry other people's burdens and loads, the more complicated my life becomes. So if I'm going to find my chill, I've absolutely got to learn how to just do me and do me in a way that's like, hey, if somebody had to choose you or themselves, who you think they are gonna choose? So why do you keep choosing other people? And that's not to say that I don't make sacrifices, that I don't show up for friends, that I don't do things, but it's also saying, hey, I may not be able to do everything. That doesn't make me any less your friend, doesn't make me any less of a daughter or entrepreneur, but it is acknowledging that for me to be good, better, best long term, I may not be able to do everything. And the people who love me and love me most as the people who love you, they will understand that. And I am really grateful to have people in my life who understand that I'm doing what's best for me for a change. And it's one thing to keep talking about it, but then the actual act of it, yes, it does feel weird. Sometimes be like, oh, I'm saying no. Should I have said no? Should I have said no? Like, nah, I said no. And no is a complete sentence and it's good. But also saying, well, while I may have said no to this, my balance is I will be there for that or for some other thing. So anyway, those are 15 ways to find your chill. What are three that you would actually add to the conversation? I would love to know from you. And I would love to know that by shooting me an email, jumping on the list and replying to the email. Like, let me know. Let's come up together with a list of 15 things we can continue to do to simplify our lives or I'm trying to coin something new to find our chill, those 15 things. And so what I have for you also in those show notes, so go check the show notes, is a download for you to start your own list of 15 ways that you're going to find your chill. Just go ahead and go cop that and start to think about and ponder on what you want to do to chill. Download it. It's free to you. Just a, again, a good guide. I've given you 15 things that I do. I'm sure I could have extended this list far more. However, it's just like, oh, well, let's just keep it simple. Let's just keep it at 15 and just think about how those things have, again, in in the big grand scheme of things just help me to really like be better version of myself the one piece of advice I can give you just to really take away from this show is that you don't have to make things more complicated than they need to be just live simply learn to value what simplicity brings because having less 
doing less, fewer decisions actually does mean more. It gives you space and freedom to think more, to just be. So anything you can do to make your life easier, to find your chill and and to be chill, do that. And and it's even funny because I'm thinking now, you know, I'm gonna wrap it up, but I was thinking about a couple months ago, uh, I was talking to, again, the other Dr. Hudson. I really like saying that y'all. And we were in a situation, I mean, we were like experiencing something, maybe with a rental car. And he was like, yeah, I was surprised by how you were reacting. He was like, you know, not that it was bad, he said, but you were so chill about the situation. He was like, so it helped me to be chill too. And something that I realized is like, yo, typically I would have freaked the hell out. I'm sure that I would have. But what me doing and simplifying my life and just choosing like not to like worry more, like choosing to worry less, you know, for if I may a little complicated, is that like I can freak out about something or I can like be cool about it and the results may be the same more than likely they will be the same so why take the route of tripping out and doing more when I can do less and get the same results right so that goes for you who are freaking out about all the things you got to do all the things you got to be all things you got to become just keep it simple where you're supposed to be you're going to be where you're going to land you're going to land and that's just what it is and doing more and making things more complicated doesn't mean that their result is going to be any better So again, live simply. All right, y'all. That's all I got for you again. Check those show notes for all the links that you need to be great in this life. And please know always that I love you. I love you. I love you. And I want you to do what? Keep pressing forward. All right. I'll holla. Is that old school? Okay, whatever. I'll be that. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Before you go, I just want to take the time to say thank you again for tuning in, for being in this space I really appreciate you. Now, if any part of the show did anything for you, then pass the word. Tell a friend, you know, text, email, DM. Let them know about the First Gen Lounge. We can continue to inspire others that are around us. I want you to come back and kick it again. But in the meantime, keep pressing forward.